Alright, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Before we start into today's episode, I have a quick question for you. Raise your hand if you are listening and you are a founder or you are a founder type or working on side projects. Now, if you're if you're driving, please don't raise your hand. But if you're thinking that's me, chances are you might have a co-founder and in today's world, everything's remote. And this is unfortunate for founding teams because teams work fastest when they're together, right? When you're starting something new from scratch, being in the same room has a magical kind of feeling to it. And when we're all remote, you don't really get the same thing. Well, what if I told you there's a way to get that same output, right? Get that same feeling while being remote. And luckily there is. Uh, our sponsor for the next couple of weeks for Forward Thinking Founders is Sidekick. And Sidekick is an always-on display that sits next to you, next to your computer. It allows you to work right next to your co-founder like you were in the same room. This eliminates most of the problems that you kind of get when founding a startup remotely. And you're able to move faster and, and, and kind of get stuff done in a much more efficient way like you could with if you were in the same room. And luckily, because you're a listener of Forward Thinking Founders, you get a big discount on on Sidekick devices. If you go to sidekick.video slash FTF, you get $30 off. The market rate is $50 per device. As a listener of this podcast, it is $20 per device. $30 off total per device. So go to sidekick.video slash FTF, get your devices, and get you and your co-founders working together like you're in the same room, even if you're remote. Hope you enjoy it. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions of the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Indra Sofian, who is the co-founder of Sora Schools. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Pretty good, Matt. Just uh, hanging out. Yeah, I'm also hanging out talking to an awesome founder of an awesome education company. For people that don't know what Sora Schools is, what, what are you working on? Yeah, so Sora Schools is a live virtual project-based high school where students explore their interests and future careers. Basically, we just sort of reimagine the whole high school experience. Like in our school, we don't really have traditional lecture-based classes or courses or tests. Instead, at Sora, what students do is really just follow their interests wherever it takes them. You know, students in our school, they don't sit in algebra class. They don't, you know, go to world history. They code a video game. They like write a short story, like fantasy novel. They, you know, they do cool scientific research based on some, you know, thing they wanted to study, or they write like 
about the history of jazz music or something. Like it really just depends on the students' interests and they work with our learning experts and our faculty to basically create these projects. And increasingly, you know, as the students grow older and more advanced, they take on more and more ambitious projects and hopefully start developing and building like real portfolios of like work experience, more applied projects, because ultimately the goal of Sora is to prepare students for the future, for the real world, you know, life after school. And that doesn't necessarily have to be college, but we want students to basically know and be more intentional about that next step they take after high school. You know, we want them to know, you know, what field of study they want to go into because they have the time to explore during high school. We want them to know, like, to have talked to mentors about talking, you know, about what careers they want to go into, why they want to go in those careers, and not just, you know, leave high school and have no idea what they want to do or have no real skills, basically. So, yeah, that's pretty much Sora in like a nutshell. Just a high school really just built for the student. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's fascinating and it's very timely. Although I know you started this before everything going on with COVID, which we'll talk about in a second. But I, I just do want to dive into, well, actually, before we dive into how it works, I feel like that will, um, that will dominate like a lot of the conversation. Would actually love to just go into like, why did you decide to start this? The little bit of the origin story um, of how it got started. Then we can kind of get into the nitty gritty of how it works, what, what students do, who, who can sign up, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, like, as far as the sort of my general feelings about my education and like the field of education and so forth, like that really started a lot earlier when I was younger, where I was pretty, actually, you know, like uh, growing up, I was actually a pretty bad student. Uh, you know, I was bored a lot in class. I didn't sit still. I tip over desks. Like, like I would like, I didn't, I didn't pay attention. Like my parents were called or actually my mom was called into the principal's office like multiple times uh, throughout the year like actually it just like I just never really was that interested in what I was learning in school but then you know over the years I got you know I matured a bit got a bit better and then I started doing a lot better in school in high school and then but it was really around then I think that's when I started sort of cultivating like my feelings about education and what eventually led to starting Sora it was that like to me, like when I started doing well in school, it wasn't because I was suddenly interested in what I was learning, but I realized that s traditional school was basically like a game. You did well on tests and then you got good test scores and then good things happened. Like it wasn't like, oh, you know, I was super interested in algebra one or something. It was just, oh, you know, like if I, you know, it's like a game, you know, I just do well and then, you know, memorize, dump and then rinse and then repeat and so forth. And then when I, but when I got to college, like, I think that's when my world like really opened up. Like that's when, you know, I still of course did well in school, got A's and stuff, but like I started getting involved in lots of other things, I would say, you know, that's when I started my very first business, Elevate Media with uh, my friend and now co-founder as well at Sora, but started my first uh, business like while in college. I, uh, you know, was involved in lots of different things. I did my student entrepreneurship club at the at Georgia Tech, like, I was a venture partner at Contrary Capital. I, you know, I just did a lot of stuff. I had lots of side projects like outside of school. And I think that's what really opened my eyes to just, I'd say my like true feelings about my education because what I learned, what I kind of like realized about halfway through college was that like, I didn't actually like feel like I was actually learning that much in class, but I felt like I was learning so much through like through all of my other experiences outside of class, you know? Like I would skip accounting to do accounting for my business, or I would, you know, like be taking an entrepreneurial finance class, but then I was also a venture partner. It was like, I was just learning so much outside of class. And 
for me for me like it seemed kind of dumb frankly like why why am i learning so much outside of class when the true value of this education is supposed to be the class like that's the the academics that's supposed to be the core part and yet i was getting so much outside of it and so i kind of just uh, had those feeling uh, had those held those feelings in reserve until i met my you know now co-founders uh, garrett smiley wesley samples um, we were all venture partners at contrary capital and it was and we got to work together of course and you know through that process we got to know each other we became friends it was about the beginning of 2018 that we started talking about basically our high school experiences it was like totally a, a casual it was not a let's start a high school kind of conversation it was just we we're just riffing about high school how we felt like high school didn't really prepare us for the future didn't really help you know us figure out what we wanted to do in life like we just kind of felt like we we're just playing a game you know back to that same like theme I had, you know, back in high school. And at some point or another in the conversation, we started like brainstorming, like, man, like, what if we ran high school, you know, like, what would we have done, you know, like, we would have brought in like industry mentors, or like, we would have given students like, more choice on like studying, like what kind of topics they want to study. And just like, it was not again, not it was a casual conversation, we were just writing some ideas down like a cutout whiteboard we had in our apartment. But it was after that conversation that we just kind of kept texting back and forth about the idea just the idea that high school could be different and just our you know own personal feelings about education and we started like reading up like a lot of different articles about like new progressive learning models new types of schools Garrett is like I would say is very 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 into this uh, in, uh, into the uh, into the research he could see literally volumes so it, to be honest it was more or less him like sharing a lot of like research with us and us just kind of like reading it um, and over time we started realize that we actually had a passion about the whole uh, about the whole space and we wanted to actually start something and it, like I said not a company necessarily just it was just something we did on the side you know I was graduating in 2018 at the time so I was kind of focused on making sure I graduated and it wasn't until about I'd say the middle of 2018 after doing a lot of research and you know talking to a lot of like experts in the field you know we talked to school founders we talked to teachers we talked to scientists we talked to so many people uh, over those several months just about like not necessarily about like a high school or anything we just talked to them about their sort of views on high school education you know whether it was their perspective as a teacher or their perspective as you know the founder of a high school or you know whatever just anyone that could give us unique insight on how to like holistically develop like a person like a young person and it was I'd say it's about the middle of 2018 that we realized that you know wow all these problems that we perceive with high school you know, that's actually, they're actually very, very common, very, like, not widespread, I guess, but I get just, it was not, you know, just the three of us experiencing it. Like, it was common throughout most of the people that we talked to that high school, the design of high school had all these flaws and issues. And we started thinking of solutions. And eventually we thought, well, changing the existing system would be incredibly difficult. Uh, it definitely take a long time. And frankly, it may not even work all the time, you know, as you know, anyone who, anyone who works in schools can tell you, it's very, it's a very hard to change beast, I would say. But like, we thought if we couldn't change the system, like right away, at least, like, why couldn't we just start our own? And then, yeah, Sora. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing all that. It's, it's honestly super fun to hear the background of, of startups because ideally people that come onto the show, you know, they, like I try to bring on super interesting founders and maybe they raise money in the future and like five years from now or 10 years from now, they like are totally much bigger company and you get to hear the origin story here though. So I appreciate you sharing 
So let's talk about kind of a day-to-day for, um, for Sora schools. So is it mainly project-based learning? Is it like, is it like only project-based learning? Cause that's what you kind of focused on when you're in your description. And if not, can you kind of describe what other elements there are to Sora? Um, if I was a high schooler and I joined, what, what, what would I be getting or not what I would be getting, like, what would I be experiencing? Yeah. So Sora is primarily project-based in that we want students doing active, like we want students actively learning, not just sort of passively listening to like a lecture and just kind of letting a teacher talk over them and just kind of like mentally, you know, sponging up the information. Like the, uh, the key is that we want students actually doing stuff. Um, and because that's really how you learn, you know, you don't learn just by listening, you learn by doing. And so for us, like that's primarily project-based and it's, and it works like this is pretty much how it works so at Sora students have like this is from our own experience of running the school you know like students have a few different choices of what they do during an average week you know they're either working on their own sort of projects that they came up with with the help of the you know learning experts that you know whether like you know the examples I gave earlier that they're you know they're coding that video game or they're you know, building that little miniature house out of balsa wood and making like a little, you know, circuit and like running, you know, working lights, you know, whatever the project is, they're working on their independent projects, or they're also doing these projects or doing these project-based sort of workshops, we call them held by our learning experts. So we don't expect every student to just come in in Sora and just be, you know, I'm Superman and I know exactly what I want to do and build and all you have to do is just give me support and I'm good to go. You know, most kids aren't like that, you know. Most students need some guidance and some direction and some structure and accountability. And so what we do is provide students that option that, you know, they can either do these sort of active learning experiences held by our learning experts, these workshops that last two to four weeks where they're, you know, like learning about like Socrates or something, or they're, you know, they're, they're learning about the biology of sharks to like a virtual lab, you know, whatever. Um, or they're working on their own projects. Maybe they already, ha- they came up with an idea inspired by a workshop or they came up with it on their own. They're just doing something fun. It was like, Oh, yo, I want to work on this, you know, for at least, you know, two to four weeks, see where it goes. And that's really what we do for at Sora is like, we give them constraints and a structure to work in, you know, like we give them general timelines, two to four weeks tends to be the average sort of project length whether it's the workshop or like the independent project, but we give the students that option so that, you know, at any time they can either kind of use the inspiration of others, I would say, or do something on their own and be held accountable, of course, and structured by our faculty, in some cases, the other students. So like, at least that's kind of the whole like project-based bit works. Now, of course, on the sort of like, aside from all that, we also still have students you know, do uh, learn the basic foundational concepts of like, you know, the traditional subjects. And those are mainly done through some online learning platforms that we have, like uh, that our learning experts will work with students on. But that's primarily just to learn the base knowledge, like the base concepts, like this is how, you know, FOIL works <laughs> in Algebra 1 or something, like just the base concepts. The, apl- the application, of course, comes to the projects and, and all that. Um, so, and at least through all of that, that's how students progress through high school, like at least academically, like getting the credits uh, that they need in order to graduate with a diploma and go to college if they so wish. So that's academically how it breaks down. Now, programmatically, as I mentioned, there's all the project-based stuff, but how it kind of looks at a day-to-day level. So students at 9.30, roughly local time, uh, students have their, what we call a morning stand-up. For anyone in the technology industry, it's like pretty self-explanatory, but you know, for the sake of people who aren't, basically stand up is just a short meeting where it's students 
and other students talk about their projects. They talk about what they're going to do for the day. They talk about like their goals, you know, their blockers, anything that other students or even teachers could help them with. Like, and it's, it's, it's just meant to kind of be like an update on like what the person's up to that day. And then you move on to the next person, they give the update and so forth and so forth. But really for us, it serves as like a point of accountability for the students, just getting their days, getting their day started and allowing them to uh, really like share what they're working on with other students because learning isn't you know it's not an isolated activity right you're always doing stuff with other people that's how you learn you know you learn from other people's experiences you learn oh that's a cool project really working on or like oh i didn't know you were doing that i'm doing something similar so anyway so you have the stand up in the morning this is with your house so house is kind of like a harry potter house where it's kind of like a peer group you have at sora with uh, other students and they don't necessarily have to be like all the same as you or anything. Sora is like a multi-age learning environment, but you work with your house, which is kind of your peer accountability group for that stand-up. And then you also have a checkpoint meeting in the afternoon where you more or less do the inverse of what you did for stand-up. You talk about what you did do during the day. And then you also, usually at that point, usually do something kind of social during checkpoint too. Sometimes we old school events during that time, but that's in the afternoon around 2.30. The middle part of the day is probably where it gets uh, pretty interesting. Like, you know, you might be in, not to say you mad of course but like other people most people are kind of used to a high school schedule you know we you have your block period one two three you know you go from 8 30 to 9 15 then 9 20 to 10 05 you know like you have your schedule right and the bell rings like at SOAR we don't really have that because the schedule is a lot I'd say it's a lot more similar to college frankly than you know just your traditional high school where they'll have their set meetings throughout the day that they for example if they signed up for workshops there may be you know, something going on from 11 to 12 on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or, you know, something one to two on on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, or something like that. Um, they may have a group project meeting happening at 12, you know, every other day, or they may have their scheduled weekly one-on-one -on -one with like a school counselor. Like, so the schedule can kind of vary between that 10 to two time. And then of course it allows students to, of course, focus their work during those specific meetings and engagements that they have, like for their projects or whatever they're participating in. And then there's also, of course, gaps in the schedule when students can, you know, work asynchronously, actually work on stuff, have time to take a break, eat, you know, that type of thing. So at least a more granular level, like that's kind of like a sort of schedule breaks down. And let's kind of look out. Um, so that's how it works now. Let's, let's just assume uh, based on the fact of what's going on in the world how long you've been thinking about this what you're building this becomes something like super big right this like works and you know thousands or millions of students get on this what does it look like in a decade um or i guess in other words what would you say um, is the vision for sora schools and what's the direction you're rowing in oof it's a it's a good question like i i don't know like personally I feel about the whole like question of like what it'll look like in you know five ten years is like it's meant to be a difficult question and it's meant to like you know think like how I think about the future and I'm certainly going to answer it but like you know any answer I give now is just going to be based on just how, like person like just of currently available information and so it's probably going to be wildly inaccurate <laughs> um, you know we could be wildly successful we could also be very uh, mediocre <laughs> frankly you know like that's how startups go but I would say that like in the future, like how SOAR works is that like, we've always said that we want to be like bar none, the best high school in the world. Like we like, whether virtual or physical, right? Like we just want to be the best high school in the world, the school where students 
all feel like the school actually cares about them or students are actually doing something that's meaningful, that's useful, that's interesting. Um, and we're actually preparing students for their futures like after they graduate, whether they go to college, they get their first job, take a gap year, we know whatever they want, we prepare them for it in best way possible. Like how Sora looks like in the future, I mean, frankly, I mean, five, 10 years now, we could be like uh, tens, thousands of students you know, hundreds of thousands, like it really the sky's the limit, right? I mean, we could be many, many students large, of course. And the schedule, I'd say, I mean, frankly, it'll probably end up changing again. Like the thing about SOAR is that our schedule, like the program itself is always going through iterations. Like we literally make changes like every, sometimes even every couple of weeks at SORA, like just based on student feedback. We're constantly getting feedback from students and faculty as well. And even sometimes parents to constantly improve the program, which is why like, you know, even a year ago, our school was more like a sandbox, choose your own adventure, like super unstructured, like nothing to it. Like, you know, you're just meeting with the teachers and then hopefully something happens basically. Like that was kind of the structure. Now look at it, like even just a year ago. So five to 10 years, I, it'd be hard to tell you. Um, I can tell you that, of course, by that time, we'll, of course, had our students graduate. And we'll, you know, even 10 years from now, that means that very likely we'll have those students, like, actually be in their careers, you know, especially for the ones that go to college. You know, they'll be out and sort of have matriculated, like, fully into, like, what they do. My hope is that for those students, like, you know, they don't end up having, you know, that quarter-life crisis that, you know, many people in their, you know, many young people in their 20s have where, you know, oh, you know, I, I was told, you know, I was supposed to do this my entire life or, you know, oh, you know, I chose that college or something I wanted to go to because, you know, I thought it sounded cool or something or like my parents told me to like, and then, you know, they end up in the job and then they hate it or they want to, you know, switch out the industry or they hate the role or they like figure out that they're doing nothing, none of what they ever wanted to do, what they felt like they should be doing. Like, I don't want that to happen to our students. Like, I want them to take this time in our high school to really explore themselves, not even just their interests, but really just learn about themselves and, like, kind of personally develop in that way and just become, you know, much more self-directed, thoughtful people so that, you know, when 10 years from now, they are in their first jobs and, you know, in their careers, like, they're happy, you know, like, they like what they're doing, you know, they feel like they, you know, have really thought about what they wanted to do and, like, they're where they want to be. Like, that's what I really hope for the students. I align with that a lot as someone um, who sees a lot what's going on in the world, uh, not COVID, but just like the, even without COVID, the, um, the identity crisis, the crises, crisis of, um, of all my friends from, from high school. Um, not all of them, but a chunk of them because we're feed we're, we're fed something and then you hit the quote unquote market and you get something else. It's like, Oh, this is how it actually works. Um, it's not this other thing, which, um, I think the fact that you're trying to solve that at the seed, like this, like before they even get to the market, um, the job market is, is awesome. In order to do that, though, you'll need some help, right? You'll need you you'll maybe need some investors if you decide to ever raise capital. You might need some students. Um, I mean, you'll definitely need students. You'll need employees, but you also need help from the forward-thinking founders community. So, for my last question for you is, how can the forward forward-thinking founders community help you push your vision along? Yeah, I mean just anything the community can help with. Like, frankly, it's just getting the word out about Sora. Like we're doing something very different, I would say, you know, especially if you talk to the parents that I, prospective parents that I speak to. Um, uh, but frankly, like, you know, it's, we're doing something special for the kids really, like in our school, like they're, 
And so like really like what the community can help with is just spreading the word about Sora. Like if you know a parent of a high school student, if you know a high school student, or if you are a high school student or a parent of a high school student, you know, and frankly, like you're not enjoying your current, like COVID aside, I would say, like, especially, but like, if you're not enjoying your high school experience or you feel your student feels bored or disengaged, you know, they're not alone, first of all, many students feel that way. And if you are like, come check out SOAR schools. And then the final question is, if someone wanted to check out SOAR schools, where do they find SOAR schools? What's your URL? Are you on Twitter? What's your email? How can people get in touch? Yeah. So you can find SOAR schools on our website, you know, soarschools.com. You can find us on pretty much uh, most social media platforms, though mostly on Twitter, I'd say, uh, and Facebook at SOAR schools, just at SOAR schools. And you know, you want to get in t- contact with me personally because I lead admissions and growth here at Sora. You know, you can reach me at injure at soraschools.com if you want to reach out to me personally. All right. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me.